first reading is taken from Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 to 9, and it can be found on page 1172 of the Purple Bibles. Doing good to all. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This is the word of the Lord. second reading is uh, from Luke chapter 9, starting at verse 23, and can be found on page 1039. Then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, for me, will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Thank you both. Let's pray. So, Lord, please do speak to us, come amongst us uh, by your Spirit, encourage us and challenge us in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, readings there were read by um, Jude and Alison, our church wardens. If you didn't know, um, they've just completed their um, first year as church wardens. Um, uh, they have to stand down at the end of each year, and then if they choose to stand for re-election, I'm pleased that they've both agreed um, to stand for re-election this year, and so I, I commend them to you. We'll do a formal vote uh, later, later on in the day, but I just want to stay at the uh, start of this um, service. My thanks to them for all of the uh, support that they have given me personally, um, in addition to all the work and the service that they give, um, they give to St. Giles. One of the things that you do... Um, when you are um, looking for a, a new job as a vicar or perhaps you're invited to um, attend an interview as a vicar, as you're often asked, um, what is your vision for the church? What's important to you? Uh, and perhaps you might be asked to give a presentation on, along the lines of what do you think are your, your priorities in mission and what would it be that you would bring um, to our church? And that was the case for me when I came um, here to St. Giles um, eight years ago. 
Um, as I was interviewed, I was asked to put together a, a PowerPoint with the, the kind of key things that were um, important to me that I thought I could bring to St. Giles. Looking at what I knew about St. Giles, uh, looking to about the correspondence I had about St. Giles, uh, where I could see that St. Giles was and where I felt it would be going through um, in the future. And one of the things that we've done over um, the last few years as a PCC, our kind of leadership group here, is um, at different times we've come back to that vision and, and at various um, occasions I've shared that with the PCC. And it's been helpful for us in terms of uh, uh, addressing different priorities. Um, life is about choices, isn't it? Uh, life is about which path you take, what choices you make, which direction you go. Um, what you choose to invest in, uh, what you choose not to uh, see as uh, so important. And choices change at different time and priorities uh, come and go and uh, perspectives um, alter. Um, but this vision has been one that's been really helpful for us at PCC uh, to come back to as we've made uh, significant um, uh, steps along the way, as we've made changes here at St. Giles. And it's one that we kind of come back to from time to time. Is this still us? Is this still uh, what we're about? And I thought I'd share that with you, um, share it with you this morning. So the first thing on my uh, PowerPoint, my first list was... Um, that for me it was important that St. Giles would be a church that puts the first things first. Jesus said, I will build my church. And our readings this morning are in different ways about putting the first things first, putting the most important things um, centrally. Jesus says, if uh, you would follow me, take up your cross and walk with me. His challenge to all Christians and to all churches is one of personal discipleship. Walk with me. Make me your Lord. Crown me as your King. Uh, follow me as your Shepherd. Trust in me as your Saviour. Uh, stand upon me as your Rock. And that's important for us uh, corporately as a church as it is for us individually as Christians. Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, talks about um, uh, sowing and then reaping a harvest. And some scholars think there that actually what he's talking about there, in a, in a kind of oblique way or a roundabout way, he's talking about giving. And uh, he's asking the church to, to give to the ministry of the church. And, he, and it's a kind of euphemism for what you invest in, what you consider to be the most important and he says you can, you can invest in, in the flesh, your sinful nature, and if you do that, you'll reap destruction. Or you can invest in the, the Spirit, the Spirit of God, and if you do that, you will reap eternal life. You can live a life completely uh, closed in on yourself and self-centered, and that will lead you to destruction. Or as we've just sung in our song, you can live a life uh, poured out, as a sacrifice for Christ. And if you do that, you'll reap a harvest of eternal life. A church that puts the first things first. And of course, the hard thing is knowing, well, what are the first things? Well, what are those important things? And how do I put those um, first? Now, a book that's helped me recently that I, I've been reading um, is called The Trellis and the Vine. 
And in that, the author starts with a really simple illustration. And he says, uh, in his garden, he says, I've got, I've got two trellises. I've got a really lovely, beautiful uh, lattice woodwork on the, on the side of my house that's been really, really carefully crafted. Uh, somebody spent a lot of time put it, putting it together. Uh, they varnished it, and it looks great. And it used to have a kind of jasmine plant on it, but that plant's kind of uh, died off. Um, but it looks great. It's really decorative. And then he says, I have a completely out-of-control vine that is growing wild in another corner of my garden. And uh, there is a trellis under there somewhere, and occasionally I try and dig it out, and I need to repair it, and I, and I patch it up. And the vine is almost pulling the trellis uh, off, off the garage. It's so heavy, it's so alive, it's full of grapes, it's full of, it's full of fruit. But the, the trellis underneath, it's kind of creaking, and you, uh, you can hardly see it. And he says, in church life, there is the vine work and there is the trellis work. And the vine work is about the life of Christ. And that was how Jesus described his church. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Remain in me and my life will flow through you. And when I think about the vine life of St. Giles, I think about our prayer life. I think about the care uh, that we show to one another. I think about the preaching ministry. I think about um, the worship. I think about the things that give me life. The meetings I go to where I come back feeling alive, a Bible study group or a a confirmation class or or an alpha course. And supporting that life, you have the trellis. And that's the other stuff. That's keeping the graveyard clean. That's keeping our uh, building um, safe. That's having rotors that make sure people are there so we can have um, nice coffee and the donut support. It's making sure that the church is uh, clean, that the PCC meet together, that our finances are in order. And that's all the trellis stuff. I don't find that quite as life-giving. But I enjoy it. And sometimes it is great working on the trellis and putting it together and patching it up or, or you know, polishing it off, and that is great. But we need to know the difference between what's uh, the life of the church, the heart of the church, the, the people, and what's the trellis, the structures, the organisation, the finances, the, the format, all of that um, kind of stuff. There's a little verse, I don't know if you spotted it, in our Galatians reading. Paul says, do not grow weary in doing good. Do not grow weary. And sometimes I get weary in ministry. And when I know that's happened is when I feel lethargic, when I feel my joy slipping away, when I'm looking for a bit of encouragement rather than seeing who I can encourage. And one of the reasons, one of the things that I know causes that in me is I've been spending too much time doing the trellis stuff and not enough time doing the vine stuff. We're a church where lots of people are involved in lots of ministry and I wonder if some of you are feeling weary. Your heart sinks when you see that you're on the the rotor to be singing in worship. 
you see that you're down for junior church yet again and you think, oh no, I did it last month, I've not got to do it again uh, this time, have I? You see an opportunity to serve on a committee and you think, I, I can't face being part of another group. You've grown uh, weary. If that's you, maybe you want to just think about the balance of what you're involved in in church. Look at the ministry that you're involved in. But let's take junior church for an example. Are you so busy buying resources, sorting out the cupboards, printing the publicity, checking the rotor, making the phone calls, doing that trellis stuff which supports the life of the group, that you're not doing the actual vine work of praying for children and encouraging leaders and rejoicing in sharing God's word together? That's just one example, but I think it's a a challenge for us. Uh, Later on, we'll be thinking about some of the trellis stuff. We'll be thinking about our building. And we need that stuff because it supports the life of the church, but we can't ever confuse it with the life of the church. A church that puts first things first. A church where everyone belongs and everyone has a ministry. A ministry is a place where you serve, a place where you use your gifts and your talents. Um, at the end of the service, our annual report will be available and every, uh, different people who are involved in different aspects of church life will be sharing, uh, have shared in that uh, about their sphere of responsibility. I rejoice that increasingly more and more folk are expressing uh, that they don't just come to St. Giles, but that they belong to St. Giles. Uh, again, this year, those attending our home groups, part of our home groups, has grown. Over 110 people uh, regularly attend one of our home groups. And that's not including our uh, seniors ministry, where every week uh, older members of our church gather together uh, for social events and for spiritual events as well. Uh, We've got the Moving On course has just started, uh, where we're thinking about issues particularly related to older people and and the journey of faith as... um, as you approach that stage of life. 64 uh, people in our church have um, uh, uh, um, gone through the safeguarding procedures so that they can serve uh, working with our children and with our young people. A number of our young people this year were confirmed. At our first baptism by immersion of, of an adult here at St. Giles this last year. Increasingly, I think, we are seeing ourselves as not just a place you come to, but a place you belong and a place where you serve. Um, This year, uh, we'll be receiving a curate, Tim and Claire Chambers. Um, And so our our ministry team will grow. A new member of staff, new ordained uh, member of staff here, will be able to share the load in the public uh, uh, preaching ministry and sort of liturgical life and leadership life of St. Giles. And we'll find out more about Tim and Claire later on. Not later on today, but later on in the coming weeks. We want to be a church that builds bridges into the community. We don't just want to be focused in on ourselves, but we want to be outward looking. I think of things like the Advice Centre. Um, established by members of St. Giles, uh, led by members of St. Giles, hosted by St. Giles, uh, members of St. Giles on the um, uh, advisory team. 
a place where anybody in our community on a Wednesday morning can just drop in and find advice in their time of need. If they can't find advice here, they can be directed uh, to where they can find help. Address their housing needs, financial needs, find relationship uh, guidance, um, other issues that might be going on in life. Find help maybe not just for themselves, but for their family or a workmate, uh, somebody who they know. Think of the Friary, our, our mission partner. Members of St. Giles as employed staff there, members of St. Giles who volunteer there, um, an organisation that we raise uh, money for, um, that we support. Think about our schools uh, locally. Members of St. Giles who are um, governors, members of St. Giles who are teachers. We invite them in here uh, to St. Giles for um, services. I take assemblies uh, there. We have really um, good links there. And as I think back over the the past year, one of the most significant events for me was, um, or a couple of the most significant events for me over the last year, have been a couple of funerals. And one of those was for a young girl called Rosie, um, a girl at, um, at the junior school. And the whole school community came and filled uh, St. Giles. She was a young girl who'd been to our holiday club, a young girl who'd attended our all-age. Members of our, of our church supported the family uh, pastorally, helped to plan um, the service, followed up the family um, afterwards. A real tangible expression of us wanting to uh, witness and reach out in love to others in times of need. One practical thing that we're looking at as a PCC, and we've got plans uh, to show you this morning, is about how we can uh, alter our building physically uh, to make us more welcoming and more attractive and more inviting to, to new folk. I've been thinking for some time about the, the doorway over there, our entranceway. Um, it's strong, it's sturdy, it's secure, but it's not the most inviting uh, doorway I've ever passed through. I have to be honest. Um, every Sunday I see new people uh, bouncing into church with smiles and excitement and joy and walking smash straight into the doors as they realise they don't push open as you think they might do. Uh, we want our church to be bright and welcoming. We want our physical building to say we welcome you. We want you to come in uh, to this place. That's why we have a welcome team. So what we're proposing to do as a, as a PCC um, is to um, take away the metal gates, take away the wooden uh, doors, take away the, the wooden box, and to replace those with two uh, glass doors. Have um, an oak frame with um, uh, uh, oak kind of um, surround doors, but with clear glass. So that people who are walking past, whatever time of day, whether there's something happening in church or not, um, can see him. It's not dark and foreboding. And that then on a Sunday morning or Sunday evening or wherever it is somebody wants to visit St. Giles, uh, the doors will be able to open easily. You'll be able to come in. You can bring a wheelchair in straight away. You can bring a pushchair in uh, straight away. Um, think back to your first time you visited St. Giles. And all of you would have had a first time uh, coming. How many of you got halfway up the path and then your heart started to tremble? and you took a deep breath, and you thought about turning around. Some of you, I know, did that for a couple of weeks, and you're never quite able to make uh, that step. 
How much different would it be if you came and there was nice clear doors and you could see what was going on and you could come in? As a, as a byproduct, we think it'll make uh, the church a little bit warmer as well because it'll be uh, draft proof too. Um, we think that's going to cost about £20,000. We've not got the full um, figures in yet. Um, but one of the funerals that we had this year was for Michael Eggington, long standing member of St. Giles. Uh, he was part of our size people team and then part of our welcome team. He often stood uh, by those doors welcoming our new visitors. And as a PCC, we've said that we'll put uh, a bequest that he has left to St. Giles uh, towards those doors. So he died last year and he left a a gift of of £10,000 to St. Giles. And we're proposing we put that towards the cost of the new doors for the church. We are increasingly a church that invests in its children and young people. If you think about what we sow, what we put our money into, what we invest in, uh, children and young people, um, that's a big part of what we're about. And we see the harvest. Uh, We see the harvest in terms of the youth alpha, in terms of confirmation, in terms of the kids and the children that we have here on a a weekend. Uh, Three years ago, we appointed Andy as our part-time youth worker. Um, this year as a PCC, we've agreed to renew his contract for another three years, so he'll be uh, staying with us. Uh, we're going to be looking at his hours in uh, coming months, and my hope is that we're going to be able to increase his hours. Um, the work that he's doing is growing is, and expanding, and it seems right to me that that's reflected in, in his um, appointment. And the big thing we've done this year is to appoint Ellen as our children and families worker. Um, the challenge for us a year ago was would we be able to raise additional funds to employ a children's and families worker? Could we increase our giving to take on an additional member of staff? And uh, as a church, we responded in faith and generosity, and uh, we were able to, uh, through the response of the funding campaign, uh, fund Ellen's post. She works part-time for us, and she was appointed um, in February, has just um, started work, and she'll be sharing later in the AGM of her first impressions of St. Giles and what, uh, what she's doing here. Eight years ago, as I looked at St. Giles, I could see a church that um, was wrestling with how to do this, how to honour different ways of worshipping. Um, this morning, we've had two services a classical Anglican communion service with choir and robes and the full um, Anglican liturgy. And now we had an, we're in uh, an informal contemporary uh, worship service. One of the big changes we've done over the last few years was to separate out those uh, competing traditions, if you like, that were there in our, our one morning service and actually give them both room to breathe and to fully be reflected in our different services. One of the things that happened over this last year, again, as I look back and I think about the landmarks of the year, was was the death of Andrew Rutham, our music and worship director. And uh, many things to love about Andrew, and one of the things uh, that he could do, I don't think I've ever really come across anybody else who is quite the same, was that he could hold together, kind of in himself, both of those uh, traditions. Equally at home, leading uh, choral evensong, 
or playing the organ for our um, nine o'clock service or leading our worship band or uh, leading worship at something else, uh, playing here in church or playing for the school concerts um, that used to come in. And uh, we miss him and we uh, mourn him. And of course, he can never be uh, replaced any more than any of us uh, could ever be replaced. But following his death, we decided to make uh, two appointments. We appointed Hannah Crawford as our worship director for our 10.30 service. We've uh, appointed Paul Bracken as our worship director for our 9 o'clock service and our, and our organist. And both of those have brought a new dynamism and new life into the uh, worship that they're responsible for. Our worship groups have expanded. Our children and uh, youth band has, has grown. Uh, Paul's introduced new anthems and uh, responses into our nine o'clock service. We want to continue to be a church that honours different ways of worshipping. And we want to be a church that makes the most of every opportunity. Peter writes this to the church he's responsible for. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And this is something that won't, happen, or won't always happen here in St. Giles in the building, but will happen in your workplace, in your college, uh, in your family, amongst your friends. If we as a church are to make the most of every opportunity of all the riches that God has given us, uh, we need to be people who are prepared to speak of the hope that is within us that puts the first things first. And the the first thing for us as a church has got to be showing the hope and the life and the joy that we find in Christ. One, a couple of other things to think about, uh, to let you know that we're thinking about as a PCC or decisions that we've made as a PCC. We've been thinking about our sound system and we've been thinking about our uh, kind of how we do things like this, how we show presentations at the front of church. And this comes under the heading um, uh, lattice work, if you like. Uh, secondary stuff, but stuff that is important nonetheless. Uh, things that undergird and support the life of St. Giles. And as so we've been thinking about our sound and thinking about our, our visual uh, projection, we've been thinking about how can we move things forward that support us in our worship and support us in our life together. And so in the last uh, few months, we've been considering um, our sound system. We've had some um, experts in to come and look at our sound system, listen to our sound system, uh, give, uh, give us advice. And the consensus has been that the, the sound system, although it has served as well thus far, is no longer adequate for what we need in terms of a church. The sound system that we have is designed for what we're doing now. One person at the front with one microphone with a voice coming through it speaking to a gathered congregation. And when your worship is a, an organ and a choir and a preacher, 
that's absolutely fine. That's great. But of course, that isn't how our worship looks. It's not how it looks this morning. We now have electronic instruments. We now have multiple singers. We have uh, more than one microphone. And uh, our sound system is struggling to cope. And so we've made the decision to um, upgrade our sound system. To... Um, uh, change the mix. I'm not going to go into all the details, but change the mixing desk, uh, get new speakers on the columns, so that we will have a, a, a richer sound, a better sound, a more engaging sound as we worship um, together. The other thing that we've been thinking about as a PCC is okay, how do we do um, visual stuff as a church? Our worship at the moment is very much book-based or paper-based. We have the songs printed out uh, beforehand. And that's okay. It, it works after a fashion. But if we want to do something like this, a laptop and a projector on little tables with a pop-up screen, it's not the best, is it? It's, not, it's okay. It works. Uh, we can do it. And if you're sat in the first three rows, it's fantastic. There's no problem. Uh, but if you're the person setting it up, it's pretty, it's pretty stressful. Uh, this isn't adequate for our needs in terms of uh, showing films, showing PowerPoints, showing uh, pictures, doing things visually at the front of church. And so we've been thinking as a, as a PCC, well, what is the answer? How do we move things forward um, in this area? And basically, there's two there's two solutions, and we've considered both fully. Um, the first solution is to have a screen like this, but a bigger screen, uh, which would drop down from the ceiling. So we'd have a big screen up behind the arch, and then when we wanted to use it, when we wanted to project things um, from the front, uh, the screen would drop down and uh, fill that kind of space there. There's a picture um, what it would look like here. If you, can, um, if you can see that. And um, there are good things to commend that. The, the, the main one being, well, you can put it out, up out of the way if you don't want to use it, and so it wouldn't upset anybody. It would, it would be fine. Um, as we explored it, there was a couple of things that um, we realized, or the experts told us. Um, the first would be, that would work perfectly if you were just sat in the front looking straight on. But if you were sat at the sides, or if you were sat over that way, or if you were sat at the back, it would need some um, uh, support, really, in terms of being able to see what was happening. So you would need um, LED screens on the pillars, particularly at the back and particularly facing out um, to the side. Uh, That was okay. But then the other thing that, that was more of a concern was the only place that we'd be able to place a projector, if we had a big screen here, would be at the back of the church, and without going into all the technical reasons, that, that was the only um, solution. And the concern then was, if we did that, would we get a projector bright enough that on a sunny summer morning, we would be able to project an image that would be clear enough for folk to see? And we came to the conclusion that we didn't think we would uh, be able to do that. So that leads us to the other solution, which is to have... Um, uh, LED screens or like uh, monitors at the front of the church and on the pillars. And if you can see, it's a bit ironic, if you can see, um, there's a little image um, on there. 
of what these would look like and what they would look like on pillars. And this is the solution that we've decided to go with as a PCC. So our proposal is that we'll have two larger screens at the front here, at the front of church, that we would use for our uh, songs, for our worship, for this service, the 10.30 service. And then at other services, if we won't use them, they would just be turned off. And then we'd have some additional screens like these um, on the pillars, so that people at the side and people at the back can see what's happening as well. When we're singing songs, we project the songs onto those um, screens. If we were showing a film, like we sometimes do in the All Age or other services, we'd show the film on there. Um, If we were using a PowerPoint, that's what we would use. Uh, Often the schools come in, they ask us if they can uh, show a film or a presentation, and we would use them for those. Um, Increasingly, um, at funerals, I'm being asked if people can show pictures of the person who died. And those are all uses that we'd be able to put those to as well. And so our, our decision as a PCC is this, this is something that we want to go forward with after researching the different options. This is the one that we think um, is best for us. Um, but we want to give you an opportunity to kind of feedback and say um, what you think and any suggestions that you might um, have. So um, in the coming month, uh, weeks, what I'll do is we'll put out a bit more information, uh, some papers you can take away, look at, and then you can come back and feedback uh, suggestions, comments, uh, pros and cons, uh, what you think, and we'll move, uh, we'll move forward with that too. In terms of pricing, um, the upgrade of the sound system is going to cost around £15,000, and uh, the upgrade of the, the visual stuff, I think that's going to co- we think that's going to cost around about eight or £9,000. Um, the good news is that our finances are in a, a good, healthy position. Um, Eddie is going to... Um, uh, present those in the AGM and uh, we're confident that we're going to be able to afford uh, to make these changes. So that's where we're at. Those are some of the things, the landmarks as I look back over the last year. This is the vision that's shaping us as we go forward. And these are two of the, or three of the, the lattice work things Uh, that we're considering or we're looking to move forward with as a PCC. Changes to the entranceway, upgrading our sound, uh, doing the visual stuff at the the church. And these things are important. I wouldn't want to minimise those. uh, But they're not the most important thing. They're the supporting lattice work for the life of the church. And the life of the church is Jesus. He is the vine. And his call to us is to remain in him and share the hope that we have within us. Let's bow our heads. So Father, we thank you for St. Giles and we thank you for this last year. We give you thanks for those who I've mentioned who've died over this last year. For Andrew, for Michael, I think too of Gillian Clark, of uh, Gerald Cleaver. And we thank you uh, for them, Lord. And Lord, we commit our future to you. Uh, we commit this church to you. This is your church. And we pray that you would lead us and guide us and direct us um, as the Good Shepherd. 
And we as your sheep will be faithful to our calling. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to prepare for communion by standing and singing, My heart is filled with thankfulness.